0: This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of the gastillo classification from the trauma section on orthobullets.com. First, we'll go over the abridged version of the gastillo classification and then go over the complete version. As far as the abridged version, there are three types in the gastillo classification. Type 1, type 2, and then type 3 is subdivided into three subtypes, type 3A, type 3B, and type 3C. In type 1 injuries, the wound is less than or equal to 1 cm with minimal contamination or muscle damage. In type 2 injuries, the wound is 1 to 10 cm with moderate soft tissue injury. In type 3A injuries, the wound is usually greater than 10 cm, are the result from high energy mechanisms, have extensive soft tissue damage, and are contaminated. Type 3a injuries have adequate tissue for flap coverage and keep in mind that farm injuries are automatically at least gastillo type 3a. Type 3b injuries have extensive periosteal stripping and the wound requires soft tissue coverage whether a rotational or free flap. Finally type 3c injuries have a vascular injury requiring vascular repair regardless of the degree of the soft tissue injury. The most accurate way to grade open fractures is by intraoperative examination. Again, the most accurate way to grade open fractures is by intraoperative examination. Now let's go over the complete version of the gastillo classification. We'll talk about each type with respect to the energy of the mechanism of injury, wound size, soft tissue damage, contamination, fracture pattern, periosteal stripping, skin coverage, neurovascular injury, and antibiotics used to treat them. Gastillo type 1 injuries have a low mechanism of injury. Wound size is less than or equal to one centimeter. Soft tissue damage is minimal. As far as contamination, these injuries are typically clean. As far as the fracture pattern, castillo type 1 injuries have a simple fracture pattern with minimal comminution. There's no periosteal stripping. As far as skin coverage, you can cover these wounds locally. And there's no neurovascular injury associated with type 1 injuries. As far as antibiotics used to treat gastillotype 1 injuries, you will use a first-generation cephalosporin, for example, cefazolin, for 24 hours after closure. Gastillotype 2 injuries are associated with moderate energy in the mechanism of injury. The wound size is one to 10 centimeters. There is moderate soft tissue damage. There is moderate contamination. There is moderate comminution with respect to the fracture pattern. There is no periosteal stripping. Local coverage can be used to cover the skin and there is no neurovascular injury associated with gastillo type 2 injuries. Just like type 1 injuries, gastillo type 2 injuries can be treated with a first-generation cephalosporin like cefazolin for 24 hours after closure. Moving on to type 3A injuries, these are high-energy injuries and usually have a wound size of greater than 10 centimeters, they have extensive soft tissue damage, they have extensive contamination, they have severe comminution or segmental fractures with respect to the fracture pattern. They are associated with periosteal stripping. And as far as skin coverage, you can use local coverage for 3A injuries. They will have no neurovascular injury associated with them. And as far as antibiotics used to treat them, you will use a first-generation cephalosporin for gram-positive coverage and aminoglycosides such as gentamicin for gram-negative coverage in type 3 injuries and the cephalosporin slash aminoglycoside should be continued for 24 to 72 hours after the last debridement procedure. Keep in mind that penicillin should be added if there's a concern for an anaerobic organism, for example in the setting of a farm injury. Moving on to type 3b injuries, these are also high-energy injuries. The wound size is usually greater than 10 centimeters, There's extensive soft tissue damage. There's extensive contamination. There's severe comminution or segmental fractures with respect to the fracture pattern. There's definitely periosteal stripping. And as far as skin coverage, type 3b injuries require a free tissue flap or rotational flap coverage. There's no neurovascular injury associated with these injuries. And like type 3a injuries, you can use a first-generation cephalosporin for gram-positive coverage and aminoglycosides such as gentamicin for gram-negative coverage. And remember the cephalosporin slash aminoglycoside should be continued for 24 to 72 hours after the last debridement procedure. Again, penicillin should be added if there's a concern for an anaerobic organism, for example, in the setting of a farm injury. Finally, gastillo type 3c injuries are also high energy injuries. The wound size is usually over 10 centimeters. They have extensive soft tissue damage, extensive contamination, severe comminution or segmental fractures associated with the fracture pattern. There's definitely periosteal stripping. They typically require flap coverage. And by definition, they have exposed fracture with arterial damage that requires repair. So there's definitely a neurovascular injury involved. And as far as antibiotics, you would typically treat these the same way as in a type 3A or 3B injury. That is, again, with the first-generation cephalosporin for gram-positive coverage and aminoglycosides such as gentamicin for gram-negative coverage and these should be continued for 24 to 72 hours after the last debridement procedure. And again, penicillin should be added if there's a concern for anaerobic organisms, such as in the case of a farm injury. As far as other considerations for antibiotics, fluoroquinolone, such as ciprofloxacin, should be used for freshwater wounds or saltwater wounds, and you can also use these if the patient is allergic to cephalosporins or clindamycin doxycycline and a third or fourth generation cephalosporin like ceftazidime can be used for saltwater wounds. To quickly review the antibiotic indications for open fractures once again, Castillo grade 1 and grade 2 injuries should use a first generation cephalosporin. Castillo grade 3 injuries should use a first generation cephalosporin plus an aminoglycoside. This is traditionally recommended, but there is controversy about this regimen. With a farm injury slash bowel contamination, a first-generation cephalosporin plus aminoglycoside plus penicillin should be used. You will add penicillin to cover for clostridia. As far as duration, initiate these antibiotics as soon as possible. There's increased infection rates when antibiotics are delayed greater than 3 hours from the time of injury, and you should continue them for 24 to 72 hours after irrigation and debridement. A tetanus booster should be given if it's not up to date, That is, no booster was given in the last five years. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A 25-year-old male presents with a Gastillo-Anderson 3B tibia fracture after a motorcycle crash. Which of the following descriptions matches this classification? And the choices are 1 distal third tibia shaft fracture with extensive soft tissue injury and a pale foot following adequate close reduction, 2. posterolateral ankle fracture dislocation with an 8 cm laceration on the medial ankle amenable to primary closure, 3. midshaft tibia fracture with 1 cm anterior laceration requiring compartment releases intraoperatively, 4. proximal third tibia shaft fracture with extensive soft tissue loss requiring a gastrocnemius flap, And five, closed pilon fracture that will require delayed surgical fixation after initial external fixation. The correct answer to this question is four, proximal third tibial shaft fracture with extensive soft tissue loss requiring a gastrocnemius flap. So again, a gastillo-Anderson type 3b fracture is defined as a high energy open fracture with extensive soft tissue damage and periosteal stripping that will require a free flap or rotational flap for coverage. The Gastillo-Anderson classification is the most commonly used classification system for open fractures. In addition to looking at the size of the wound, it looks at the presence of neurovascular injury, degree of contamination, and degree of periosteal stripping. While it's extremely useful for communication and descriptive purposes, it also serves to guide treatment and predict prognosis, that is risk for infection. Gastillo et al. retrospectively analyzed 673 open fractures and prospectively analyzed 352 patients treated for open fractures. 70.3% of the open wounds were culture positive, leading the authors to conclude that antibiotics were therapeutic rather than prophylactic in most cases. Additionally, they recommend delayed surgical fixation in the setting of extensive soft tissue damage. Gastillo et al. also analyzed factors that contribute to the increased incidence of complications associated with type 3 open fractures. The four factors identified were 1. Massive soft tissue damage, 2. Wound contamination, 3. Compromised vascularity, and 4. Fracture instability. And moving on to the final question, A 36-year-old male sustains an open segmental tibia fracture associated with an overlying 8-centimeter soft tissue avulsion that requires skin grafting for soft tissue coverage. No vascular injury is identified. What is the most appropriate Gastillo-Anderson classification of this injury? And the choices are 1, type 1, 2, type 2, 3, type 3A, 4, type 3B, and 5, type 3C. The correct answer to this question is 3, type 3A. So an 8-centimeter open segmental tibia fracture requiring skin grafting but not a skin flap qualifies as a gastillo type 3A. An open segmental tibia fracture meets criteria to be a type 3 injury, and subclassification as a type 3A is due to the lack of a need for a free or regional tissue transfer for coverage. Classification as a type 3B would require a free or regional soft tissue transfer that is a flap for coverage. Also remember that definitive classification is done intraoperatively after full assessment of the fracture and wound are complete. That's all for this review about the gastillo classification. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.